0: You might remember a while back, I told you, uh, it wasn't a story, it actually happened, but I I was walking uh, in a street in Edinburgh and I looked in, it was a t-shirt shop. And on the t-shirt it had, look busy, Jesus is coming. And we come to a passage this morning in Matthew's gospel as he's telling this parable. um, And it's very much that idea, Jesus is coming. You better be found busy. And while that t-shirt is a bit facetious, it's maybe not not quite accurate, but the fact is that we should be found busy when Jesus comes back. But the thing is, if we do nothing and then we see Jesus coming, so we start to look busy, do we not think that Jesus already knows that we have been doing hee-haw and that we're just trying to curry favor Jesus knows so the t-shirt well slightly humorous um, doesn't really hit the mark we come to this passage which is kind of headed in the the new revised standard version as the judgment of the nations Jesus is telling this parable and it starts off and we think if we hear this that what one day the the son of man sitting at the right hand of the the Mighty One, coming in the clouds from heaven. This amazing picture that we start off with comes in all his glory, all the angels with him. Just the thought of meeting and spending eternity with Jesus is amazing. And this vision that we'll see is amazing. Because Jesus' first appearance was one of obscurity, lowliness. He was born in in the middle of nowhere, a little town, Bethlehem. It was filled with serving others and ultimately the atonement that he would go to the cross on our behalf. But in his return, Jesus will be seen in glory. Not just as the the lamb who was slain, but it says here, in all his glory. But our passage presents us with a problem. Because it would appear that not everyone will be happy to see Jesus come back. You see, the father who is the, the divine judge in Daniel's vision has given Christ Has given Jesus the authority to execute judgment, the ultimate judge, because he is the son of man. And Matthew 25, 31 to 46 is very much a parable, but it's also telling us what will happen on judgment day, the second coming. The sheep will be rewarded and will have this eternal life and the goats are cut off out of the picture. And it's really funny because Jesus doesn't point to keeping the laws, doesn't point to faith as such, or his atonement as the test as to what makes a sheep and what makes a goat. What makes a sheep? is found in how we take care of our brothers and sisters here on earth. As Jesus says, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. These parables in in Matthew's gospel remind us of how sudden Jesus will return, that we won't necessarily feel like we're ready, so it's important that we should always be ready to be found by Jesus and to be found as faithful servants to be a sheep it's not only about having faith in Jesus and obeying his commands but also to show your love for others taking care of their physical and spiritual well-being And in this parable of the sheep and the goats, we learn that that seeing Jesus and seeing as he will return without warning to judge our service, we need to live every moment of our lives reflecting on the eternal life that is granted to us, all in Jesus, and looking to serve him as a way of thanking him. We read in verse 32 that when the Lord returns, all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And the thing is, in most parts of the world, this separation of sheep and goats wouldn't make a lot of sense because they're very rarely put together anyway. They're usually kept apart. But in this land surrounding Palestine, they do often run together. And some of the native breeds, actually, it's difficult to distinguish whether it's a goat or it's a sheep. They can look kind of the same. They might be the same size, the same color, same shape, And it's at night that they would maybe be separated into two groups. The sheep would be able to handle the the cooler air while the the goats needed to be herded together so that they would keep warm. Another difference is that sheep had a greater value to the shepherd. They could do more things with sheep than goats. So sheep cost more than goats and the point of jesus comparing the the day of judgment to this shepherd theme is to emphasize that even although we all live in a a mixed world we all have our our unique experiences we have our different backgrounds there will come a day where the sheep will be separated from the goats That while we are in this one big world, there will be a separation. We read that the sheep will be placed on the right, which is a place of of honour. Because as believers, we are brothers and sisters of Christ. We're destined to our eternal life, spend eternity with our Master. However, the goats are placed on the left side because they never knew or worshipped Jesus. And he's saying they're destined to be eternally cut off. And the thing is, that is the tough thing. That is the tough thing that we wrestle with. Because it's so concrete. We like to have options as humans, but this seems to be very concrete. There is no middle ground. You're either a sheep or a goat. So we might start to wrestle with that question. If Jesus returned this very second, would I be a sheep or would I be a goat? Where would he place me? In verse 34, read that Jesus will say to those on his right, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world jesus states what determines if someone is on the right side of honor will be based on how we react to human need that we will inherit the kingdom that was prepared for us and if we go through verses 35 and 36 we read that those who are in jesus will never ever overlook the needs of others but give the hungry food to eat the thirsty something to drink the stranger an invitation those who lack clothes would receive clothes the sick would receive a helping hand and the prisoner would be visited Jesus says it was showing mercy to the least of our brothers and sisters we're actually showing it to him We're called to look upon others as if we are looking upon Jesus himself. That when we see the need, we see it as if it's Jesus that is in need himself. The thing is, we're not only doing the ministry of the kingdom, but we're also showing proof that we are sheep belonging to the good shepherd. You might remember the the James sermon series when I first arrived here, called Faith That Works. We looked at that idea of having a faith that works. It's not that we are saved by our works, but through our faith we should be inspired to want to do these works of the kingdom. James teaches that faith without deeds is dead. But that should always be seen alongside the Apostle Paul's spirit-inspired teachings where it is by grace that we are saved through our faith and not of ourselves not by works so that no one can boast you need to remember that the proof that we are sheep is not based on how many works we do for the kingdom or how many churches we've built, or how many bold declarations of faith we've given, or even the amount of funds that we've given. It's found in the taking care of the basic necessities, the little things, for those who might be considered as having the least. Jesus, in the parable of the sheep and goats, is not saying good deeds is the cause but it's evidence of our salvation. And as we set aside some time this morning, as we've reflected on homelessness, we might be wondering what it is that we're called to do with such a big issue. An issue that, with the continued rise in the cost of living, is going to be an even bigger one in the coming years. As I watch the news, throughout the week there was a little story where the the cost of things like pasta and various other things just shot through the roof it's ridiculous about 400 percent of an increase it's not sustainable especially when wages don't go up and unemployment does it's unsustainable something needs to be done as i was reading and preparing for this week I came across a very tough message from someone who was homeless and these are his words and this is what he says a good sermon builds people up gives hope for a brighter tomorrow no matter how pressing or our problems are today i recall hearing many sermons like that before i became homeless sermons that told me I was created in God's image and that if we had faith the size of a mustard seed we can say to the mountain move and it will obey us hearing a good sermon should lift us up but the theme of the sermons I have heard while living on the streets was not the same message that I heard before I became homeless they were more like You're a hopeless sinner. You'll never overcome your addictions unless you accept Jesus as your saviour and become saved. It didn't matter to them that I told them that I was following Jesus' teaching. I read my Bible and that in spite of that, I became homeless. In their eyes, I was homeless. So therefore, I must have sin or an addiction that I was struggling with. I have never been addicted to drugs or alcohol and I've always believed in doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. I don't like people stealing from me, so I do not steal. I don't like people cheating on me, so I do not cheat on others, it's simple. Just because I'm homeless doesn't make me a hopeless sinner that should be doomed to hellfire. that was brutal for me to read to be honest it comes across that this man had met with goats rather than sheep people who should have been doing the right thing but had othered this person on the streets jumped to a conclusion that homelessness can happen to anyone There are many different reasons as to why people find themselves homeless. Yet here, Christians, followers of Jesus, who should have known better, who should have been sheep, had fallen into the trap of othering this man out on the streets. And the thing is, we ourselves might not think that we have it in us to serve the homeless people in our country but the thing is we can all do it in our own way there are so many different ways that that someone can serve Jesus regardless of age stage of life economic or whatever other status we might find ourselves there is no hierarchy in this either it's not about what you're doing as long as you're doing something And the first thing is that every single one of us can offer prayer. You know, if it wasn't for the amazing organisations like the Open Door Mission, the Salvation Army, Bethany Christian Trust, of course, Lodging House Mission, and many, many others, those who find themselves homeless would be getting a lot less, a lot less help than they currently do. We should give thanks in prayer for every meal that is given. Give thanks in prayer for every volunteer who gets alongside those who find themselves homeless. Give thanks for those who make life a little bit more tolerable for those who find themselves without a home to call their own. Secondly, we might feel that that we feel led to write to our, our MP or our MSP seeking that they would Move the issue of homelessness higher up the agenda in what is meant to be a developed country. Asking our MPs and MSPs to help these amazing organisations that are doing incredible work under unbelievable pressure. The third is that you might find yourself in a position to give financially to these organisations These people who look to try and break the, the trends found in our world that allow for this issue to continue on. And finally, you may well have you may well have a passion and a gift to volunteer yourself to get alongside people get involved with a charity or an organisation that would give you the opportunity to do that. But equally, I'd like to highlight that where you find yourself this morning might not be where you find yourself in a couple of months or next year. For example, you might, be able to, you might not necessarily have a lot of time to dedicate to this at the moment. But you might be in a position to give financially, to help those who do. It might be that you are completely at capacity. There are so many different issues in our world you can only give so much of yourself. And it's in those times that you give the thing that you always have. You pray. So as we reflect on the amazing work that's been done by Bethany and the Lodging House Mission, let's commit to taking the issue of homelessness to heart. It's clearly not of God. It's not in God's plan for those to not have a home of their own. It's an issue that would be close to his heart. And as we commit to taking that to heart, let us commit to praying specifically for the issue of homelessness. That that hope, that the guy at Bethany claimed and I echoed, That the hope would be that there is no need for these organizations anymore. Because homelessness would be gone. And that one day, one day, no one would live life without a home to call their own. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Almighty and loving God, you love all your children and you are a home to those who are in any need or trouble. As we come before you in worship this morning, we ask that you would inspire your church, inspire us with the spirit of Jesus Christ's love. We pray that you would empower each of us to battle the stain that is homelessness, Would you help us to live one another, live with one another, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever. Amen.